Welcome to Sounding Off with Kim Munson, our podcast. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. You can sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You'll get first look at all of our upcoming guests, as well as our most recent op-eds and podcasts. We'd appreciate it if you go over to Facebook and give us a like. And uh, you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. In studio with me is my friend, Millennial. Stephen Peck, he is a lieutenant commander in the Medical Service Corps, the Navy Reserves. He also served on the Douglas County School Board. Great to have you in the show, on the show, or I guess on the podcast. Thank you, thank you, Kim. <laughs> it's great to be here again. I, I like these podcasts because we're not constricted by the broadcast clock and we can really get into these issues. And there's a lot going on. I know that you care deeply about our communities. You care deeply about our country. First thing, probably by the time we uh, distribute this podcast, we will know who the nominee is, uh, Donald Trump's nominee for the Supreme Court. This is a really important Supreme Court pick, isn't it? It is. It's so fascinating that this happens. I mean, this was already a contentious election before this vacancy occurred, was it not? I know. And then in the middle of this, I mean, 45 days before the election, this bomb gets dropped on the American people. Now we've known that RGB has been ill for some time. And she was was 87. She's 87 years old. She was put on the court in 1993. So she's been there for, for 27 years and has certainly made her, her impact on the court. But then 45 days before the election, a reminder to every voter what the stakes actually are. And what's interesting is the Brett Kavanaugh hearings were such a catastrophe and so contentious and so ugly. I mean, the, the most vile smears that somebody could have leveled against them were leveled against a good and decent man, a person who went out of his way to mentor young female attorneys had had just horrific things. I mean, I, I hesitate to even say it, but this is this is what happened. Right. They, they said he was a gang rapist, that he was organizing gang rape like On, in college. Yeah. I mean, it was just despicable beyond the pale, who would believe this kind of stuff? And yet here are U.S. senators, U.S. senators making these claims. Who are now actually running for vice president of the United States. It's stunning. It's stunning. And we'll see tens of millions of people vote for this. So I I, I don't, I don't, I mean. You mean voting for the uh, Biden-Harris ticket. That's right. 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 I, I mean, somebody, how, how somebody could in good conscience support somebody who leveled these disgusting and scurrilous smears is just beyond me. But what ended up happening, for those that don't remember, is that, that that happened not too far in advance of the 2008 election. And what happened in the, or excuse me, the 2018 election. And what happened in the 2018 election in the Senate? Do you remember? Tell me. Well, there were several uh, Democrats who voted against Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation. And those those U.S. senators went down in a ball of flames. So specifically, Joe Joe Donnelly from Indiana, he okay. lost. He came from a red state. Uh, Claire McCaskill from uh, oh, right. uh, remember Missouri. her? Yep, Missouri, red state. She went down. And then Heidi Heidkamp from North Dakota. That's right. And she was trying to come across like she was uh, straddling the fence, the political fence. But I guess it didn't work out so well for her. <laughs> no, it did not. It did not. And then uh, and then there was a Republican senator, um, Dean. 
Heller from from uh, Nevada who um, who also lost. But I, I don't. I think he actually supported the the confirmation. I, you'd have to check that. But the point is, you had three Democrats from red states who voted against the the confirmation. Mm-hmm. of Brett Kavanaugh, who ended up losing. And I think the American people saw through those those hearings for what they were. I mean, do you remember? I do. Do you remember um, Senator Lindsey Graham's I do. speech, who's just... I was a little shocked because I always thought he kind of tried to mm. straddle the fence. But it's like, okay, Lindsey, okay. The righteous indignation. I mean, it was just fury, but righteous fury. Uh-huh. So I think you're setting this up. It's like you ain't seen nothing yet. I am saying that, yeah. I, and I don't think you have to be a, a, a prophet to see that that we're why not? But what are they going to do, Steve um, Stephen Peck? Because it probably is going to be a woman that Trump is going to nominate, and so they can't really bring out the she raped me. Uh, uh, you know, a- I mean, accusations. Why? Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm saying, I, okay. I, 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 yeah, as crazy as it sounds, it seems like every uh, standard of decency has been uh, violated. So I, I guess I hear people tell black people that they're racist against the, you know, so I, I don't know that logical consistency or even making sense is a requirement. No, that's a good point. So I, it's going to be interesting. I, yeah, I don't. I, I'm not saying that uh, if Amy Coney Barrett is nominated, that they're going to accuse her of being a sexual predator. That but does seem come, unlikely. But they'll come up with something. Oh, they'll they'll make. A, I think the press releases have already been written. There's only blanks for the name. name. There's only blanks for the names. And and if people doubt me, really, there was a situation. Mitch McConnell just talked about this. This did happen. They accidentally sent out a press release, and rather than having Brett Kavanaugh's name in there, they had XX in there. Right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, and you know, there's going to be a 4 a.m. call. I find it so interesting how all these different politicians, media pundits, uh, how they all have the same narrative. Mm-hmm. For example, on some of these on defunding the police, it's reimagine, reimagine the police, and then you just see. You know, everybody must have gotten that that's going to be the word that we're going to use today is reimagine. So we'll have to watch and see what it's going to be regarding the Supreme Court. Oh, but yeah. now, Stephen, now you're a millennial. Yes. And and you're a really smart millennial. Well, uh, well thanks. I, and there's I, a lot of really smart millennials yeah, out there. Well, hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> but, you know, as I looked at Ruth Bader Ginsburg and the fact that, first of all, I do not think that the radical activist left that has taken over the Democrat Party, ever thought that their candidates would ever lose again. Barack Obama, Mm. and then we had Hillary Clinton. And because if, in fact, they ever thought that that was in play, Obama, from a strategic component, should and and, uh, Bader Ginsburg, she should have stepped down. Because at that time, you know, she's in her 80s. Yes. She should have stepped down strategically so that Obama, when he was in office, could have nominated a 45, 50-year-old person that, you know, could conceivably be on the courts for another 30-some years. So I don't think they ever thought that they would ever lose again. I agree completely with you. I mean, she wasn't a young woman uh, in in 2015 uh, or 2014. You're right. Strategically, it would have made sense after President Obama had won his second term to step down to, to retire, and then he could have filled that vacancy. That didn't happen. 
And um, I, I don't think anybody, including myself, thought, well, that's not true. I've met people who said that they believed that Trump would win. And, and what's interesting in my experience is the people that are kind of casual observers of politics will say, oh, yeah, of course Donald Trump was going to win. And I kind of scratch my head at that. But I've, I've had that, those types of conversations enough times where, I don't know, I almost put some credibility in, in just the, the, the common observer, uh, maybe a bigger sports fan uh, than a political follower, looks at the situation saying, oh, yeah, I can see Donald Trump winning the, the, the nomination. And then that happened. But you're right. I don't think that was part of the script. That was never supposed to happen. And they, you know, and if you look at, at the, the, the spying on uh, President Trump's campaign and everything. And there's that was, new reports coming out. Yeah. I mean, it, we're going to come into this election and it's going to look like Comey and Clapper and um, Brennan. Brennan. Uh, Strzok, Page. These are the these are people. I mean, for I'm sure your audience is well aware of the, the whole story and that whole background. But I mean, the the they were spying on. A presidential candidate. Yeah, this and makes. And they were creating stories about it. Yep. Yeah, the dossier that was that was created. It was made of, up. It was made up and paid for by the Clinton campaign. And, and and what's amazing is, if you're listening to alternative media, then you probably know that. But if you're listening to mainstream media, this is all like things you've never heard of. That's exactly right. And I, you know, I, I pretty well thought it was made up. The minute I heard that in the dossier that they said that Trump was in Moscow or whatever and that he. Yeah, I know what you're going to you know, say. He, he urinated on the bed uh, with like prostitutes or something. It's just, and I'm like, it's gross. Hold, hold the phone. Yeah. I don't think that's yeah. the case. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if that's more projection on the part of uh, Democrats. One can just be left to wonder. But I, I guess, you know, I, I don't think that President Trump has ever had a hard time getting dates. Um, so so I yeah. don't think he's in Hunter Biden territory. I just yeah, you know, it think. didn't. So so anyway, if like, as you mentioned, if you're only listening to mainstream media, yeah. you may not have really asked all these questions but you know when you put on your critical thinking cap and go wait how really well and it is it's interesting because as conservatives or people all center right we live in a universe our whole culture is dominated by left-wing talking points you know we know and are familiar with all of the the things media education entertainment finance corporate america yeah, I mean, we're we're all very familiar with what what they believe and the arguments they make because it's the air we breathe. That's not true of of the left. The people that are center left or even moderates that don't actively uh, seek out alternative viewpoints, whether it's through blogs or through podcasts or through um, uh, uh, center right magazines, they they a lot of times they don't even know the arguments that are being marshaled. They don't know that. Hey, there's this whole body of evidence that suggests that the dossier was paid for by the Clinton campaign is used as a pretext to spy on a presidential campaign. I mean, this makes Watergate look like really small fries. It's the biggest, in my view, and I defy anybody to, to say otherwise, it's the biggest scandal in U.S. history. It, it really is. And I think a lot of people are waking up uh, Stephen Peck. And once you realize that somebody's trying to play you for a chump, if mm -hmm. you will, right. people don't like that. 
And I think that the veil is coming off. Now, I think that there's probably like a 10%, 15% radical activist Democrat that no matter what happens, you know, they're going to. But I am starting to see blue dog Democrats, Mm -hmm. unaffiliated, independents that are, 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 you know, looking at other alternatives and they're going uh, media sources and they're you know, they're going, wait a minute. I think I think they're not telling me the truth. Well, what's interesting is so I have some anecdotal personal evidence okay. just here in Colorado. Um, I, you know, I've been uh, going out to a couple of these rallies and these are smaller local rallies. Mm-hmm. But I met a guy and, and this is just one person, but he was a 20 year Democrat. And he said, I I came around and started challenging some of my the the, the belief sets I had um, with the, the covid situation and the duplicity there and the double standards. And he's like, you know, something doesn't, doesn't add up. And so he started digging and then you stumbled upon, um, some Prager university, um, videos. videos and then one thing led to the next. And now he's, um, subscribing to the Epic times newsletter. Oh and yeah, and now he's out there and he's out there with a bullhorn as of last night, I was a 20 year Democrat wake up, you know? So, it, you know, the, the, uh, he's like David Horowitz, you know, David yes. Horowitz was, you know, basically a red diaper baby. And once they realize it, it's like mugged by reality. Yeah. They're, they're really out there, you know? Yep. Yep. That's right. That's right. And I will say too, also, I, I, um, and I'm not speaking on behalf of the, the Trump campaign whatsoever, but I'm, I'm talking with many people that are on the Trump campaign and um, they're saying that they're seeing movement from blue dog Democrats. You know, we call them uh, Reagan de- Democrats in the 84 election. There are people like, you know what? Yeah, I'm a lunch bucket union uh, card carrying kind of guy, but. You know what? This, I, is a, this isn't okay. Oh, right, the right. So I'm destruction voting. and division and. Uh, so now know. all of a sudden, Adams County is seeing this movement of Democrats coming over. They're saying, "I'm a registered Democrat. I'm voting for Trump." So now I don't know if they're changing party affiliation or, or, not. or whatnot, but uh, evidently we've got something like one point um, one million registered Democrats in Colorado, and I think it's nine hundred fifty thousand registered Republicans, and then there's one point four unaffiliates. So Republicans show up in, in larger numbers, um, but it's a dogfight. And I think, and I don't want to overstate this because, you know, I, if I had to put money on it, I would say the Democrats win the state, but that doesn't mean that we can't give them a run for their money. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if we can close the gap, it means that the Biden campaign is going to have to reallocate resources away from more competitive states to shore up his but you know, Stephen Peck, of course, we have million voting here. But if you're seeing Democrats start to move, unaffiliated typically lean Democrat. So if you're seeing Democrats move, perhaps we're starting to see a number of unaffiliateds move as well. And what I find is so interesting is I think the radical activist Democrats have overplayed their hand. We have understood that they were never about individual freedom or property rights. We've known that, and we've been concerned about it, and we've talked a lot about it. But now people are seeing that that is the case. And when yeah. when you know they're using public policy, weaponizing these health departments to shut down people's businesses, mm-hmm. they keep the big box open, you know, big corporation. But somehow this is a really smart you know, virus. It knows whether or not you're in a, <laughs> yeah. a mom and pop business or if you're in a big box. Yes. And people are going, wait a minute. The dissonance doesn't add up. Yeah. There's like an incongruency with their 
whole argument that just doesn't it doesn't pass the straight face test. And people are saying, well, hold on here. And it's hitting home. It's hitting home close to home. Like, what about my job? What about my employer? And then I think people are starting to say, hold on. okay, this isn't conspiracy stuff. This has actually happened. This is my life. I can't take my kids to school now because of this virus. Did you see what happened up in Boulder? Just yesterday? No. Is uh, the, uh, the Boulder Health Department has come out and said that 18 to 22-year-olds need to, uh, let me just read this to you. It's yeah. absolutely astonishing. Uh, it basically says that they can only go outside alone, that they can't go out, they can't be in any groups. What in the world? Yeah. That just came out. This is So we're recording this on Friday morning. And uh, I think, uh, and in fact, uh, one of my sponsors had mentioned on the show that her granddaughter, I think it is, or granddaughter-to-be, is a freshman at CU. And last weekend, she and some other girls went out the dorm. They decided they wanted to sit outside and have breakfast. They each had their blanket. And they were told they had to go back inside. That's unbelievable. I mean, I thought this was the land of the free, home of the brave. That's what I thought. Right. Um, but but now, all of a sudden, we have this... Uh, it, it's, it's beyond a nanny state. You know, I, it's just... When does it stop and when do people start to challenge the the conventional wisdom? Because the conventional wisdom has been consistently wrong over and over and over again. I mean, you think about it. We were promised World War Three. We, we can't trust the president with, with the nuclear codes. That was wrong. We've had unprecedented— well, and, then, and then what happened? Just recently, peace accords between Israel and Bahrain and, uh, let's see, Israel and the United Arab Emirates. Yeah. Uh, UAE, yep. And uh, let's see, what is— uh, Bahrain, Qatar. And then, um, was it Serbia? Uh, anyway. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's right. You're right. So three. Yes. You know? Yes. And they're talking about um, like uh, countries like Sudan and Morocco probably falling uh, suit quickly. Um, Can you believe it? Yeah, no, it's, it's a and great thing. And now the thing. left doesn't want peace. Right. Well, you know, it's whatever. Truth they're probably, is irrelevant. They're probably scratching the peace thing off the, on their, their bumper sticker, you <laughs> know? We, well, they don't want peace in our streets. That's for sure. That's for they, sure. I mean, one of the things we, we say out in the rallies is we want, we want jobs. We don't want mobs. Jobs, not mobs. I, I like that. So, Jobs, not mobs. That's what's resonating with regular people. I don't think you have to be a, uh, a, a savvy uh, political strategist. No, that. no. It's like, <laughs> hey, listen, I want my kids to go to school. I want to be able to sit outside with a blanket and I want to be able to to get ahead and save a couple dollars at the end of the, the month. So I didn't just work to survive. I'm actually working and, you know, hopefully getting ahead some. Okay, so that's interesting that you would mention that because I normally always, I'm looking up quotes for the, the show. And so sometimes I'll look up, I'll put in quotes about work. And, and what has been interesting is that there's been quotes that I like about work, working hard. And then I look at the bio of the person and they might have been a socialist back around, you know, like the in early 1900s or late 1800s. And I'm like, huh, that is interesting. And I, I have a feeling that that may be a, Maybe it's a little different than the socialism, but then maybe not, because Marxism, of which socialism and communism is based on, the two main things with Marxism is getting rid of the individual mm -hmm. and getting rid of property rights. Mm -hmm. So in socialism and communism, they're talking about free stuff, but they need workers. So they would uphold work. But they don't uphold the fact, as you just mentioned, that you can have a few pennies to put together and invest at the end of the month. They want you to work, but they want you to they want you to work for the government. 
And instead of this American idea of private property rights that you can create your own wealth. I mean, it's 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 well, kind of clear who would to me. Be that, interested? I mean, work can be tough as it is. Who wants to work for, for for just to survive? I'm not interested in surviving. I'm interested in thriving. And that's why under Stalin, people st- they they starved because people quit working. Well, it, it kind of gets back to the Patrick Henry quote too, right? Is is uh, how does it go? It goes something like you know, is is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased with with chains? God forbid it. As for me, you know, my house, or, you know, we, we, you know, basically give me liberty or give me death. And and I I cannot imagine just slaving away for the benefit of some uh, bureaucracy yeah. that decides well we need X number of boots and uh, X number of bricks because that's what the that's the what we savants, say. Uh, yeah, that's what the algorithm. I mean, it's just it's a creepy society when you start to think about that, and and it's not one that you and I have lived in. And I, I, but we've seen some incremental things happening. Now, take a look at the COVID thing yeah. with these executive orders, right? And coming out and saying this business is essential and this one isn't. Really, you know, Wait, who who gets to decide what's essential and what's not? I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, so, you know, let's change just a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, you're doing some rallies, you know, yeah. which is kind of an offshoot of, of this passion that you feel. Yeah. So. Well, I, I, I genuinely believe that we're at a inflection point in, in history and every every election matters. Everybody you know, always says, well, this is the most important election ever. Well, you know, I, I don't know if it's any more or less important than any other election. We always have a a choice in front of us. Do we want more freedom or do we want more control over our lives? And I'm I'm sadly in the freedom camp. Me too. And I know, I know you are. And so I think we have to continuously revisit the reasons why we believe in freedom over force. And 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 I think of our republic, this 230-year experiment in in self-government, as if you think about it like a garden, sometimes. I don't know what your garden looks like or if you have a garden, but sometimes all of a sudden you look outside and it's like, wow, there's some weeds out there and the bricks are kind of all all over the Mm -hmm. place and the paint's chipping off. And boy, I need to get out there and put on my gardening gloves and kind of spruce that. Yeah. Our Republic, if it's a garden, we need many hands and we need like a a work day. uh, Right now. A field day. (laughs) Yeah. and, and, And it just, it requires effort. And I don't like gardening. I really actually don't. I know some people like to do that kind of thing. That's not my thing. Um, but sometimes you look at the yard and you think, okay, this is this needs addressing. And I think a lot of people see politics as, well, if I vote, at least in the presidential years, or, or maybe, maybe I'll vote even in the midterms, right? <laughs> they think that they're doing their civic duty, but the duty of citizenship is significantly higher than that, at least if you're talking about sustaining self-government. Some people, I don't think that they really, I don't know if they thought about it or not, but there might be some people that say, you know, self-government, I don't know if it's really a, a worthy goal anymore. I'm happy to have a, a managed existence uh, by technocrats from D.C. or Denver or whatever your county municipality you know, decides mm-hmm. that. But I am not interested in that. I, I think most people are not interested in that. I want to mention another thing about voting, though, because there is this big push out there. Vote, 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 vote. And, you know, I think it's really to try to get Biden and Harris, uh, you know, across the finish line here. If you don't, if you've not done your research, 
then don't vote. You have a civic duty to do your research Agreed. on both sides of the the issues, you know, on the candidate, uh, Donald Trump, not don't just listen to the mainstream media. And then uh, Rick Turnquest and I have created a really excellent, we, in yeah. fact, we think it's the best out there. <laughs> the best. Uh, the voters, a voter's guide that is at KimMunson.com where we went through each of the 11 uh, propositions or amendments that uh, oh, voters will be looking at this election season. And we give give you the actual language. We give you the, the link to the actual uh, background text on it. And then we give you our opinion. And so you should be a very informed voter after that. You may disagree with us, and that's fine. But uh, we ask that you be informed or don't vote. I think that's good advice. Uh, you, you certainly don't want an uninformed public just going through the motions. I know there's a lot of people who will say, I know I need to to know. I know I need to care. And you can't you can't like inspire passion about a subject, call it politics in this case, if you just aren't interested in politics. I, I understand that. I mean, I could really care less about the NFL and I, I don't care. And it's not about the whole kneeling gate situation. Mm -hmm. I just, I just doesn't blow my hair back. But, but I guess if I had to, if it was my civic duty, my freedom and the, the future of my family depended upon knowing something about the NFL, guess what? I'm going to, I'm going to take, take up the cost. Yes. So the other morning, I, as I mentioned, I look for these quotes. And so I was looking on something regarding, you know, government power or whatever. And I came ac across Pericles, who was a, you know, a Greek, Greek philosopher, philosopher and he lived, you know, 400 years plus, you know, before Christ was born. And he had, I thought I was brilliant. I thought we came up with this, but basically he said what we've been saying is that uh, you may not be into politics, but politics is into you. <laughs> well, that's right. That's right. You might not care about politics, but politics cares a, a lot for you. Yeah, that's exactly it, right. It, so. it cares a lot for you. Yeah. So I, I've, I'm just looking at this situation and saying, listen, you know, uh, I've got a family. I care about their future. My wife has a business. Um, I work for, you know, somebody that I want to see their, their success. I want to see everybody succeed. I want to see everybody get ahead and I want to see freedom just unleashed. That's what I want to see. So the way to do that is to, to get people engaged. And I think energy and passion feeds energy and passion. And, um, for whatever reason, it's kind of a, it's easy for me to, it's a, it comes up like a wellspring for me. I, I'm just interested in this. And so I think, um, I think, you know, I met a guy in, in Highlands Ranch, his name's uh, Greg uh, Francisco, and he was out there by himself. And then all of a sudden, you know, at the street corner kind of. Uh, so on a street corner, what, uh, waving a sign yeah, or what was yeah, he doing? Yeah, with a flag. Uh -huh. And then it turned into three people and then it was 11 people. And then when I showed up and I found out about this, I said, well, I got people are having fun. I need to find out about who these people are and introduce uh -huh. myself. So I went out there and there was like 17 people out there that day. Last night, there was over 70 people. So you're organizing these. So, well, yeah. Call, so we, so we're, we had a Trump Freedom Rally a couple of weeks ago at Quebec and 470. We're doing another one. I don't know if this will air after or before the rally, but we'll be doing another rally this Sunday, the 27th, from noon to 2 at the Lincoln Overpass over I-25. So okay. the, the Broncos game's at 2.30. So we're going to get all that northbound traffic. And I, I'm very confident because the weather's going to be nice and the word's gotten out. I think we're going to see north of three to 400 people out there, maybe maybe higher. We'll wow. see. 
Yeah, there'll be a lot of people, and it's a lot of fun too. So I've never been to a Trump rally in the like the arena, but um, <laughs> these things are. It's just so energizing to see other people that are are interested in moving from being part of the uh, the silent majority to being part of the vocal majority. Because you have to normalize support for for the president because <laughs> the culture is so dominant against him. I mean, like you said. Media, academia, entertainment, finance, corporate America, they're all just stacked against him. So, Well, I think he's doing an amazing job. He's not a perfect person. You know, he's got a, they say he's got a problem with that college-educated woman, uh, which I think goes back to they continue to play and play and play that Access Hollywood tape. You know, and what I found with the kind of the radical activist left um, is that there's no grace or forgiveness for others and probably not for themselves either. And I would like to say, you know what, we all make mistakes. There's things, Stephen Peck, that I would really prefer that people not continue to bring up all the time. But when I look at this president, first of all, if he was still doing that kind of stuff, and actually he never said that he did that, but, but uh, he said that, that people could, but if he was doing misbehaving kind of things. Do you not think that we would know about that? Oh yeah, we would know about it. We'd hear about it ad infinitum. Yes. Yeah. And, but the guy gets up, he sleeps, what, four or five, six hours a day and he it's gets up. And, he... and he's not a young man. No. I mean, I'm, I'm, how old is uh, the Donald these days? Is, he's, he's probably he's, 74, 75. Yeah. I mean. Uh, and he just looks like he's getting stronger. I know. <laughs> I don't know what he, what he takes for his morning cocktail, but I'm interested in finding out what it is. He's, he's, uh, He gets up and he's working for the American people. And no matter what descriptor you are, no matter what group. See, that's the other thing about Marxism, socialism and communism is they want you to identify as a group instead of as an individual. Mm -hmm. It becomes like the Indian caste system Mm -hmm. is you cannot get above wherever that group is defined. Well, and that's uh, that's one of the scary things about the uh, nomination fight that we're looking at here. I don't know if you recall, but when one of the, the uh, how are we doing in time? We're doing okay on time. Amy Coney Barrett is one of the the lead candidates, at least. And the announcement may have been made by the time we... Yeah, you're right. So we don't know if it's yeah. going to be Amy. We're, we're doing this Friday morning. Um, he has said it's going to be a female. I know that there's a um, a Judge uh, Lagoa who's uh, Florida. Of, from Florida. Right. But Amy, both of are Catholic. And, and if, I don't know if you recall, but for her confirmation hearing to the, I think it's whatever circuit court mm-hmm. she's in, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, three states, uh, Indiana, Illinois, and Wisconsin. I think it's the seventh, but don't quote okay. me on that. At any rate, there was a, a a question during her hearings, her confirmation hearings from uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein that said, you know, the dogma lives loudly in you. It, referring to That's an Catholic, actual quote by Feinstein? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the dogma wow. lives loudly within you. And basically it was a, it was a, uh, a some sort of, I, I guess, attack or... Um, indictment about her Catholic faith. And it it shouldn't matter if you're a Sikh or an evangelical or what you're, um, you're, we don't have a religious test. We specifically don't have a religious test Mm -hmm. because we don't want any of this uh, sectarianism that's plagued other parts of the world for literally millennia, whether we're talking about the Middle East or we're talking about Europe. Mm -hmm. One of the beautiful things about America is it doesn't matter who you pray to. It doesn't, there, there is no religious tests. So I think one of the things that's going to come out, because I'm, you know, 
it sounds like it's going to be one of these two women. Who knows? It could be a surprise um, that they're going to hold her Catholic faith against her. They're going to say, you know, Amy, uh, Judge Barrett is going to try to roll back the, the clock on women and all the stuff that they've done since Judge Bork was borked mm-hmm. back in 87. It's all the same thing. And if you noticed, ha- may- maybe you haven't noticed, when Judge Sotomayor was confirmed, was there... Was were, were there protests in the the Senate chamber? Were there just you know the end is nigh kind of reports from CNN, or or how about uh, um, uh, Judge Kagan, mm-hmm. Justice Kagan? Same thing. No, they just got confirmed and we went on with life. But whenever whenever it's Clarence Thomas or Judge Bork or Brett Kavanaugh or Neil Gorsuch or whoever the next justice will be, oh, you can bet there'll be holy hell to pay. We've got to hear all about how this is the end of democracy. Oh, and we are a constitutional republic. People yes. need to understand that. Democracy is actual a mob rule. And that's why we are not a quote-unquote democracy. We are a democratic constitutional republic. Um, you said something very interesting about kind of the, the left and, and the right. And the radical activist left, they've been active for a long time. I remember, and I didn't realize what was happening, but this was back in the 80s where they continued to talk about the judiciary. Mm. And so they were taking over the judiciary with these appointments. We weren't really paying attention. And then we get this radical activist, you know, looking at the Constitution as a living, changing document instead of, you know, something foundational. And so they have really been making a play for that. Yeah, they have. And so, I mean, it's almost divine providence that Trump gets in and he may get three picks. Well, it's like, it, my God, it, it is. They, I think they realize, okay, we can't, that we, the, the American public is center, right? We can't pass our radical ideas through the legislative process, but we can do an end run around the legislative process by judicial activism. activism. Yeah. And so they, they uh, have been very effective over the decades getting uh, judicial activists. These are legislators in black robes is what they've been. But We've had a bulwark in in uh, judicial philosophy. It's known as textualism and originalism, and there is a distinction between textualism and originalism. I am not qualified to weigh in. You'd have to have a, a, an attorney do that. But basically, it, the judicial philosophy says, okay, we will read the text, and we'll call balls and strikes based off from the text, not what we want the text to say, um, which is— a significant contrast to what the uh, the left wing activists have said. They'll say, you know, one of them said, "Well, I do what's right, and I wait for the law to catch up." And I forget who, who said defi- that. But. Who defines right? Well, this judge, because he knows exactly. best, or she knows best. And that is exactly what the founders were very concerned about, right? As they were putting together our what constitution. And, and if you think back, I mean, I was one of these voters, right? And I I, I was very skeptical of Donald Trump. Uh, but I thought, you know what? I don't really have an option because I know what we have with Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know. It's an open question what we have with Donald Trump. But there was a case that said, listen, you're not voting necessarily for Donald Trump. You're voting for the judges. He said that he will. And, and he had he, a list. He had a list. And these were all Federal Society mm-hmm. judges. And the Federal Society was built basically as a response to the encroachment of less wing activists. Um, and And he has had. Two, for sure, and looks like three picks. Imagine the composition of that court would be if if we had 
Hillary Clinton win that. So not only has he had, and you know, <laughs> two or possibly three, I think it'll be three. I think this will get done. I'm very confident. I think it will too. Because he has the votes. Mitt Romney said that he'll, he'll vote yes. I mean, who knows? Maybe even uh, Joe Manchin from West Virginia will come around and, and vote for him. I'm not saying he will, but I think he, he, he voted for Kavanaugh and survived the 2018 um, election. election. So it's an interesting, I think those Democrats that are, are in the Senate are looking at, you know, they, they know what the stats are in the last election. So they're really in a pickle here. Do they, do they, do they raise Kane like they did in, and, and Kane really is, they raised hell. They, it was like from the pit of hell that they, they came with fury. Uh, do they retry that playbook? I think they can't help themselves. And even if they, the, the Senate, you know, tries to, to be more moderate, their crazy activist base won't they let won't, them. No, they won't let them. No, they will not let them. Yeah, so. it will be. Uh, I think it'll be a very. Well, they've already threatened to burn it down. You know, one of the activists said that they're going to. Well, they were burning it, it down. down before. So what's changed? I mean, like, the, so, so this. I have a two-year-old at home. Uh, when she doesn't get in her way, she throws things, food, whatever spatulas <laughs> in her hand. I mean, this is so. The threat, I guess, is that. Um, if we don't get our way, we're going to, we're going to do this to you. Well, but well, you're already doing, well, it. not only is the childlike, <laughs> but you're kind of, you've already defaced and disgraced our capital. Our, uh, what, what, what is, what's new here? So you're even more mad. You're, you're going to take the 10 to 11 uh, on the, the volume index. I mean, and you want to extort extort these decisions of the American people. And that's who we really want to have. I mean, the veil is off on what these people, I don't want them in charge of my life. I, I, I think the farther they are from you, from power, the better. I mean, that's what Lindsey Graham said in that speech. She said, man, I hope you, man, you all want power and I hope you never get it. That's is right. how he said, that's right. uh, cause they're not interested in truth. They're interested in power. That's absolutely right. So, hey, Stephen, let's uh, let's wrap this up. We could probably go. We could probably do a Joe Rogan three hours on this thing. You <laughs> probably, know, probably, <laughs> probably. What's kind of the the final thing you want uh, people to take away from this? Well, if you're interested in in joining any of the rallies, we're we're rallying in Duckco. And if you're in a different county, you know what? Talk to your neighbors. You'll be surprised when we go out there and have these rallies. All of a sudden, people will stop. They'll get out. I had one lady, she, she was running errands. She went to the hardware store, came back with a flag. And she's like, I just wanted to join you guys. And she, wow. Yeah. So okay. I think you have to be a little careful from a security standpoint. How can people find out about this? Well, um, if they sign up for the Douglas County uh, Republican um, newsletter, we're sending out uh, emails that way. We're trying to be very careful about when and where we're meeting um, just because we don't want uh, opposition crazies to show up and do what they always do, which is, you know, they don't, they don't have a message themselves. They just want to scream at us. Right. Okay. So once again, could sign up where? The Douglas County Republican newsletter. So go to DC, I think it's dcgop.org. Google it. uh, um, And you can definitely get plugged in. There is a, a large and freewheeling group of freedom lovers out there. Okay. Stephen Peck, I love these conversations. They are just so much fun. And uh, I know that this is going to continue to grow as well. So thank you so much for being in studio for this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And my friends, uh, we're signing off. God bless you and God bless America.